0: All right. Hello there, Gen 1 community. Welcome to our online service today. Of course, my name is Drew, and I'm so happy to host you this afternoon. Man, what an expectation that we have for what God's going to do this afternoon. And so we're uh, 14 weeks in now of broadcasting online, and we're just excited to see this season of only having online broadcasts come to a close Got some cool announcements we're gonna give here later in the service so don't go away press into the service with us and catch some of that good information as well if you are watching on youtube or facebook make sure you share this out online if you don't have a facebook account or you know someone who doesn't have a facebook account or you don't intend to have a facebook account next week there's a lot of good reasons not to right now let's just be honest uh we're also streaming at generationone.org you can catch the broadcast There as well. Once again, my name is Drew, and uh, my wife Melissa is not able to be on the broadcast with me today. But what's kind of exciting, you guys, is tomorrow Melissa and I celebrate 18 years of marriage. How fun is that? I think we're going to grab a little anniversary dinner tonight. First dinner out in Michigan that we've had in almost three months. So we're going to go out and celebrate tonight. It's going to be super fantastic. So cheer us on, celebrate with us. That would be amazing. So God's got something so sweet and so good for us today. And to press into the beginning of our service and some of the focus, we've got one of the leaders in our house, a dear intercessor, tremendous prophetic grace on her life. And she's been serving the Lord for just faithfully for so many great years. And let's welcome Mary Mann to the broadcast. We love her to death. Hello there, Mary. How are you?
1: Hi, Drew. Congratulations to you, Melissa, for 18 years of bliss. That's awesome.
0: Thank you so much. It is running so fast. (laughs) (laughs) Best years are yet to come, though. Well, Mary, we have just a great anticipation for what the Lord is doing. And, you know, uh, Mary uh, Mary is leading our prayer. I said, try to say Mary and prayer at the same time, Uh, as leading our prayer ministry here and being sensitive to just gathering people together to hear signs Uh, to to see the signs and to be sensitive to the seasons. You know, we've been going after what the Lord's saying, what he's doing right now. And of course, there's lots of things to be praying about. And, you know, but in the midst of everything that we're having to be aware of in these moments, when we come together, this is really just about our attention being on Jesus. It is our attention being on the Father, giving him what he's due, what he's owed, which is all the honor, all the glory. And uh, and so that is our desire today. and and Mary, what have you been sensing for the service? What's on your heart?
1: Well, I've been really feeling that that in this time of uncertainty that, uh, the focus is really the most important thing that God yesterday and today kept speaking to me about five. And I kept hearing people talking about five bars on their phone, which to me speaks of connection, that God wants connection. And uh, this morning I was reading about the book of um, Second Kings where Elijah is uh, uh, asking Elisha, what do you want? And he says, I want a double portion. And he says to him, that's a hard thing. But if you can see me when I leave, uh, you'll get your your grant, you know, I'll grant you your wish. And it uh, turns out all the stuff starts happening, kind of like what's going on with us right now. There's a swirl of activity and uncertainty and everything going on. And all of a sudden they're walking together and a chariot of fire appears with fiery horses appears. And it walks right between the two of them. And then Elijah's taken up in a whirlwind. And it had to take focus for Alicia to keep his eyes on the prize so that he would inherit what it is. And I feel like that that that's what God wants for us at this time is really to stay focused, keep our eyes on him. And uh, I think it's just a time for us to be uh, offering a sacrifice of praise, just offering a sacrifice of praise. It says that enters gates with thanksgiving and enters courts with praise and, um, you know, Uh, Those gates in Revelation are a giant pearl. It's a giant pearl and pearls are formed through a little irritation, but I think that God's forming something wonderful and that we're going to have a double portion when when this is done. Yeah.
0: Come on. You know, we have to keep our eyes on Jesus in these times when we're we're having to take steps, you know, he is that light into our feet, you know, that lamp, you know, uh, and, and the pathway. And so, Um, We have to turn our eyes to Jesus, you know, and if you're just tuning in with us, once again, welcome to our main service here at Generation One every Saturday at 4 p.m. Make sure you share this service out as we're getting ready to go into worship. But, you know, Mary, I I just sense such a weighty presence of the Lord on uh, uh, and there's just an exchange that God is wanting to have as we set our gaze on him during these times. I really believe that there's gonna be something that that God wants to pour out. I think there's revelation available. I think there's hope available. I think there's strength available. And I think this time today that God's gonna begin to pour these things out with with great, great measure. And, And I love that idea of the double portion. We need a double portion right now, like never before. And that's what God has for us today. You're watching right now when you know that you need a double portion. Come on, why don't you just open up your heart with us right now? Come on, why don't you just put your share your screen to your to your uh share your phone to your television screen, your iPad, your computer, get the device out of your hands right now, and let's begin to engage the Father. You are not an observer right now, this is an online community coming together to engage the heart of God at the same time. We've been saying screens are not a limitation to the Holy Spirit. And so we're just wide open to you, Lord, about what it is that you want to do and what it is that you want to say. Mary, why don't you just lead us into prayer about that double portion and what God wants to do today.
1: Yeah, Father, we just thank you today that you have so much more for us, that this is our exciting thing as Isaiah 67 Rise, shine! For your light has come. Growth, darkness will be upon the earth, but the glory of the Lord will be upon you. And I thank you today, Father, that your promise to us is for glory. That we were made, made for glory. We were made for such a time as this. So, Father, we position our hearts. We allow the uncertainty and the things we don't understand to form in us character, form in us faith, form in us the things that we need, so that we're able to carry and walk in a new anointing during this time. So we thank you for it today. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you, Lord, for your grace upon all people, your grace on this earth at this time right now. In Jesus' name.
0: Thank you, Father. Lord, we just declare an outpouring of your presence right now. Lord, as we come mm-hmm. to your presence with thanksgiving, Lord, we open up with our gratitude right now. Lord, mm-hmm. right that, Lord, people in their cars, Lord, people thank in their Lord. No matter where they're broadcasting in right now, tuning in, Lord, I just declare that double portion, the increase of your presence. Lord, let this not be just a collection of songs, but Lord, let this worship time. Lord, let it become the the proclamation of our spirit. Lord, let these songs become like life uh, off of our lips. Lord, let our spirit be awakened right now. Let us be engaged to your heart and your goodness, God, as you blow this fresh wind upon us. We just say yes and amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Come on guys, it's time to worship. We're gonna go after it. Mary, thanks for jumping in today. Love your worship, love the anointing on your life. We're tasting of that now. Come on, Gen 1 community, let's go, let's jump in. Jared and Danielle, why don't you guys take us away? This holy moment, the sacred moment, this beautiful moment, let me just allow this divine exchange to happen. heaviness, Lord, for your peace. For our anxiety, Lord, for your faith. Our fear for your love. <laughs> Come on, just make the divine exchange right now. It's what's available. <laughs> you don't have to carry this. You don't have to have it all figured out. He is exceedingly and abundantly able to do all that is in his heart to do. Just receive it right now. Just make that divine exchange right here in his presence. That's what it's all about. You Just receive right now. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, I just release peace with marriages right now. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that you're not just pro-marriage, you're pro-healthy marriage. And so, we just say yes, Lord, to connection. And um, so, I, I just see um, I just see a couple, uh, and you've you've literally, you're you're at your wit's end right now, and you just don't know if you can go forward anymore, and, and nobody knows about it. It's a secret. You've just been under pressure, and and, uh, and dealing with uh, disconnection for a very long time. And and you know it would be a surprise to people if they knew that was the case. And you're dealing with many things on many fronts. And, and I just hear the Lord saying that he's about to bring a fresh wind. And he's about to bring strength. And he's about to bring courage to communicate. I just hear uh, that the word of the Lord is going to come. That there's a soft heart that's needed and that wherever the hard heart is, it's going to begin to soften and it's going to begin to open up. Uh, I just see a treasure chest being opened, actually. And uh, and it's like you're going to discover mystery and wonder in your spouse like you never have before. So, Father, I just release that right now in Jesus' mighty name, in Jesus' mighty name, deep in that shit, God, that a river of life would begin to flow into marriages, like never before. We thank you, Lord, for this. Thank you, Lord, for this. Father, I just bless, Lord, even the people that are on this feed right now. Lord, we bless Beth Doctor. We bless Mary Mann. Lord, we bless Kristen O'Brien. We bless Nick and Kathy Cyrillis. We bless Jen. We bless Mark and Victoria, Father, right now. We bless Gloria. Thank you, Father. Lord, we bless the Galassos. Father, we bless the McClure's. We bless the Shippies. Father, we bless the Hoekstra's. So we thank you for the invasion of your presence right now into our families. In Jesus' mighty name, we bless Kimberly. We bless uh, Raina. We bless Brian. Father, we, we bless, Lord, everyone that is on this broadcast right now. Lord, the Istavans. Lord, the Neils. The Trudeaus. Father, the Rudders. Father, we thank you, Lord. The Puglieses, God. We thank you for what you're doing here in this moment. God, as you are strengthening families, I declare the blessing and the strength of the kingdom of God over the households of Gen 1 community. Father, over everyone watching, and I don't see their name, Father, I declare your blessing over the household that the connection would be deepened in this time frame like never before. Like never before. But this is not a time to be distracted, it's a time to be focused on you. So we say yes to your presence in Jesus' mighty name. I just want you. I just want you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hmm. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your leading right now. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Yeah, I just see that there's someone you've been having uh, this feeling that everything that's stable is just being pulled out from underneath of you. And I just see, uh, you know, four pillars and and the weight of your life, your purpose and your passion and your family and Everything's kind of been built on these four pillars, so to speak, and it's like the pillars are just getting yanked out, and and I hear the Lord saying that not to fear that he's going to be for you when you have never been able to be for yourself. So, Father, I just bless those who feel like the rug's just getting yanked out from underneath of them right now, God, and we declare that you are the rock, Father, that we're able to build on. It is a sure thing that you are the strong tower, that, Lord, that we are the righteous are able to run into it. Father, Lord, we're able to hide under the shadow of your wing, but we're able to hide under the cleft of the rock and you will protect us. You will, Father, lead us and guide us father, like never before. And so if that's you right now, just receive that right now. You feel like the rug's getting pulled out? I just declare that even if the rug is getting pulled out, that all that's left is Jesus. (laughs) There's no open chasms. Come on. There's no open space. It is the rock that is under you. And so, father, we thank you for the confidence to stand, Lord, in this time. In Jesus' mighty name. Jesus, mighty name. Lord, I just speak against suicide right now. Father, I speak against the weights, Father, of of living, Father, that are just trying to be magnified, Lord, over you. And so, Father, we reinstate you, Lord, as the priority. We reinstate our confidence and our trust in you, Lord, right now. And so, I declare that the Prince of Peace, that the Holy Spirit would come even now and confront the lie of the enemy, that life is worth ending. Father, I thank you for your strength. I thank you for your hope to come in right now in Jesus mighty name. Father, I declare right now sober mindedness. Lord, the influence of narcotics, Lord, that are entertaining and magnifying these ideas, numbing pain. I declare instant sobriety right now in Jesus' mighty name. I break off addiction. I break off depression. I declare rejection to the oppressor. Lord, I declare the enemy's mouth, the accusers being shut right now in Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We say yes to your presence, God. Yes to your presence. Thank you, Lord. Freedom, we declare it right now in Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We just say yes to who you are. In Jesus' mighty name, Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen, amen. And uh, Jared and Danielle, just want to, why don't we bring them back into the feed here real quick and just so thankful for you guys. How are you guys doing? We're good. We're ready to be back to normal and see all of your wonderful faces in person. (laughs) Come on. So thankful for your worship. There's such sweet spirit on this and, uh, man, just thankful for who you are. And of course, we're just blessing that little nugget that's inside of there and and uh, excited for you guys. So many good things going on and we're excited to get together and worship too. And so uh, excited to have maybe a few more people joining us June 20th at Dr. Sonny's, or we're going to talk about that service. So it's going to be fun. We'll see how all that comes together. But thanks for your worship, you guys. We so appreciate you.
1: Yeah. Love you guys.
0: Yeah. All right. <laughs> well, hey, we're going to make a transition in our service right now. And of course, this is the time frame where we love to get out and shake a hand, hug a neck like normal. Only we do it in the comment section. So grab that phone right now. Say hello to somebody in the feed. Let them know that you see them there. If you don't know somebody and uh, in the feed and they're visiting today, Uh, Welcome to Gen 1 community, just say hello, tag someone in the comments, let them know that you see them, that they're heard, they're seen, they're valuable, they belong here. You know, we really believe that people belong before they believe, and so we're honored to have you here today, Gen 1 community. You guys are absolutely amazing, so many good things that are going on. And so we're gonna go into uh, prepare for a time for our offering. And I'm gonna give you a few announcements here, real quick, while we do that. And uh, I am excited because June 20th, as we just mentioned with Jared and Danielle, is gonna be our first local service uh, back. And we're gonna be doing actually an outdoor service, which is really, really fun. And it is June 20th. And so we are bringing back Summerfest. We did it last year, which is where we did an outdoor service once a month throughout the summer, and we're bringing that back. Our first one is June 20th, and so you need to bring your own food. This is not a potluck. Bring your own food and drinks. Bring a chair to sit in, of course, some picnic blankets, and it's going to be amazing. We'll have a full service at 4 p.m., and then we'll have our bonfire after the service. There will be a grill that's available to use, and if you want to do that, and then there'll be some ice and some corn on the cob as well. So we're going to publish the June and August dates here real quick uh, over the next coming weeks, and they'll be available for you. So make sure you get that on your calendar. That's next weekend, okay? Uh, We will let you know by 11 a.m. if the service is confirmed via our newsletter. So if you don't receive our newsletter and you want to stay in touch with us there, um, just drop in the comments that uh, you want to receive the newsletter. Put your email there and then Miranda will grab that. She's producing the service right now. She's in the comments and she'll grab that from you. Um, If for some reason weather is not supportive for Saturday, we will just move it into Father's Day, okay? And uh, it'll be Father's Day at 4 p.m., and we'll do it at that point together, all right? And so, but we're planning on the 20th, not the 21st, and it'll be excellent. So excited about that. And then, you know, Gen 1 community, we've been pushing things out online. And of course, we have our Facebook group called Gen 1 Community. Um, This is not going away. And so even with our service next week being outdoors, we will still have an online service being broadcast with you. And uh, we'll be connecting and going after this online community as we push things out on a local level as well. Just so appreciate and uh, love you guys uh, so much with what is going on. All right. And so we have our series going on here. And of course, I'll get into a new series today. It's called Uncommon Unity. We're excited about this series. Uh, We are really passionate to want to understand the unique areas. What are the unique places of how we come together as a family? And I'm excited I'll be doing an introduction to this series today, where we're going to be pushing this out through the whole month of June and July. We're going to go in after six weeks, and we're going to be talking about uh, what it means to have an uncommon unity as a community. So Gen 1 community, I believe that we have a tremendous unity, and it is uncommon. And we'll talk about the unique areas, of how we connect, as well as what's happening in the world right now. There is an uncommon unity happening around the world, and so we need to understand the signs and uh, the times and the seasons. And so we're going to get into that today. But hey, I mean, you're going to want to, you know, push this out. This is going to be a remarkable conversation on really how we relate, and how we connect post-COVID, as well as uh, as a community together, and then how we relate with the world and what God is doing all over the place. So you're not going to want to miss that. It's going to be fantastic. All right. We want to prepare for our giving right now. Excited to do that. And of course, uh, if, you are a, if you're a if Gen 1 community, uh, your tithes and offerings are such a blessing. If you're not a part of Gen 1 community and you're just visiting our service right now, we would encourage you, and you're a part of another service, a church, give your tithes to your, uh, to your home church. Uh, If God would lead you to give an offering, though, uh, you can do that one of two ways. You can do that through text to give, or you can do that through generation1.org. So text to give, just put 248-327-3514 into the phone, text the word give, and it'll walk you through it. And of course, generation1.org backslash living is uh, self-explanatory. Thank you for your generosity. You guys, we are so excited right now. We are pressing into... uh, really amplifying our voice. And so there are two things that I'm excited about right now. As it pertains to Gen 1, it is first and foremost Gen 1 community and really rediscovering what covenant connection and community looks like right now as we go back into live services as well as have an online community that's engaging us. And so we really envision, you know, uh, our community groups meeting in homes, our community groups, excuse me, meeting in Zoom and and being able to be connected all around the world. And so we are lifting up our voice uh, through Gen 1 community. And so we're making a massive investment to do that right now. And so we are having to spend a lot of money in technology, software, production equipment, and we are about to up the ante on what it means for us to lift our voice, for us to be razor sharp, razor clear, And, uh, you know, we want a great worship experience with the whole team on here. We want it to sound good. Unfortunately, that costs thousands of dollars to do that. And so we just really appreciate you doubling down with us to say, hey, we are a family and we're going to see God do something through us. That is remarkable. And also we're going to lift our message about the kingdom so that we can see revival and reformation uh, as we build up solutionary families all around the world. What an exciting time. Thank you for your generosity. We know we've been pushing out thousands of dollars to people who've been um, in difficult situations economically, as well as medically during Uh, COVID-19. We continue to raise money there. So if you want to do that, you can also do that at generation1.org backslash giving on the PayPal link. And so we pushed out thousands of dollars already meeting the needs of families. We'll continue to do that even during these times of, of social unrest, and so, so many wonderful things happening, and just thank you, Gen 1, for your generosity. Hey, let's make a declaration right now about our giving. We take giving very seriously around here. We're serious about being joyful while we do it. (laughs) So we have a declaration we want to make right now, and so I just encourage you, say it out loud with us. There's something powerful about doing that. As we receive today's offering, we are believing for jobs and better jobs raises and bonuses, benefits, sales, and commissions. Come on, favorable settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, debts paid off. Come on, expenses decrease, blessing and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all my financial needs that I may have more than enough to give into the kingdom of God and promote the gospel of Jesus Christ, hallelujah. (laughs) Thank you, Lord, right now for these offerings, these tithes. Lord, we ask that as they go out, that, Lord, they would fund hunger, growth, and impact like never before in Jesus' mighty name, amen. Well, you guys, so good to have you again here on the broadcast and in this service. Welcome once again, if you're visiting with us, my name is Drew Neal. My wife, Melissa and I uh, are the senior leaders of Generation One and along with our founders, our team, we are just so excited about what God is doing in Metro Detroit and all over the world. Generation One was planted as a church in 2012 here in Metro Detroit, just north of the city. And so we're honored to uh, really have great impact here in our city as well as around the world. And so uh, thank you for joining us today. We are launching this new series called Uncommon Unity. And I'm gonna spend a few moments here with you just kind of unpacking the foundation of this. And, you know, I, I really believe that we find life in the places we share unity. We find life in the places we share unity. Why don't you drop that in the comments for me right now? We find life in the places we share unity. This is really important for us to grab hold of this because many people want to find life simply over the fact that they believe in God. And I really believe that, uh, that there is a, a unique anointing or a corporate anointing that rests on, on faith-based communities. And so I believe that that anointing produces life in a powerful way. And so we find life in the places we share unity. And so that common experience that shared experience offers up something so unique and so special and so you know our our community has really been founded in three shared but uncommon pursuits and it is hunger growth and impact hunger growth and impact and i really believe that in this time that it's important for us to focus ourselves in these three areas of hunger growth, and impact. And so I'm going to talk about these a little bit today, give you a little bit of an overview, and then also talk about what's happening in the world and how this uncommon unity uh, theme applies with us and what we're doing. I want to start here in the book of Acts, though, chapter 2, verse 1 through 12. The book of Acts, chapter 2, verse 1 through 12. And it says, when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. Someone say, all together in one place. Come on, you can just say it out loud. I trust that you're saying it. And even though I can't hear you, you can put it in the comments if you want to. It says, and suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting and divided tongues as a fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Uh, Parthians and Medes and Alamites and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, uh, Phrygia, uh, Pamphylia, Egypt and parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians. We hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. And all were amazed and perplexed saying to one another, what does this mean? I tell you what, I don't think there's a greater passage of scripture we could be reading right now than Acts chapter two. Uh, This is a powerful thing. And, you know, most people, when they preach Acts chapter two, uh, us preachers, when we preach it, uh, when most people read it and they're studying it, they're really focused on the infilling of the Holy Spirit and and the power that's available to us. Do we know that in Acts chapter 1, and verse 8, it says that the Holy Ghost will come upon you and endue you with power. And, you know, we all want power. You know, we all do. And, and because there's a need for us to feel powerful. And, and in Christ, we are made one with His power. And so it's exciting because in that power, of course, we see signs, wonders, and miracles. Isn't it exciting? And, you know, we, we've had tremendous miracles happening in our healing rooms. And actually, that's something I didn't get to. We have great healing rooms coming up this Wednesday night at seven o'clock. We've got Matt Gonzalez joining us. You're not going to want to miss it. Of course, Carrie Pardon, the leader of our Emerges Transformation Center, and her team will be there. We'll be praying for people in, uh, in these uh, just very private, personal, and powerful uh, Zoom rooms. And so we're excited about that. Don't miss that. Maybe uh, Miranda can put that in the ticker down below, and uh, but we have these healing rooms on, on 7 o'clock because we believe in the power of the Holy Spirit to move on our behalf and to do things for us in a remarkable way, and so uh, put that on your calendar, but in the book of Acts here, we see that the Holy Spirit, that there was a response to the infilling of the Holy Spirit that wasn't just about power. You see, actually, the power was felt by the people who, who experienced it in the upper room. We know that this was about 120 people. These were kind of the main families and the disciples of of Jesus. And so men and women, they were there and they had been waiting on the Lord for, you know, about uh, 10 days after the ascension. And so day 40 was the ascension. Day 50, the day of Pentecost, was the day the infilling of the Holy Spirit showed up. And so I think it's really interesting to break this down. And I want to break this down with you today and really connect it with what is happening in the earth right now. And so this is a very prophetic message, and I need you to have ears to hear. I need you to understand what's going on, and I'd like to give you some prophetic data, if you will, some prophetic inspiration that can begin to color and shape how you're seeing what God's doing from a vantage point of how the Holy Spirit visited the earth. All right, in Acts chapter 2, verse 1, it's important to start here because it says, they were all together in one place. King James Version said that they were all gathered in one accord. This is the first time that God talks about cars in the Bible. They were all gathered in one, I'm sorry, I'm preacher jokes. This, this kind of stuff happens. <laughs> but they were all gathered, I was terrible, I'm sorry. Really, I'm sorry. They were all gathered together in one accord. If you look up this Greek word, it actually means in single focus with great passion. And so they were gathered together, very focused and also very passionate about why they were gathering. They knew why they were gathering. It says, and when they were gathered, that suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind. A sound like a mighty rushing wind. Isn't it interesting that, the, that a sound came at the form of a breath? the sound came and as the wind of the spirit the numa of god was showing up and it had a sound and so it says that it filled the entire house where they were sitting of course we know that the fire showed up on uh, on top of their heads divided you know tongues of fire if you will and uh, and then and then all of a sudden people begin to come people it says that every nation under heaven was in Jerusalem you know, I, I I butchered all the names of those of those territories and those regions of people. Um, but man, there were so many people that were there. And in this moment, isn't it interesting that the infilling of the spirit started from a sound, and that sound drew all nations of the earth. And not only did it draw them, but it it allowed them to believe that what was happening was happening according to their local language. You know, it's it's powerful you know when you learn language. I've done work in over 18 countries around the world and some of it's been traditional missions work and kind of hands and feet compassion based ministry, other things has been consulting in business, other times I'm speaking in churches and doing conferences and so whether I've just sat down with a president or I've sat down with a child who was an orphan and had no food, it's I've been across the whole spectrum. And, and in my journey, what I found is one of the most dignifying things I can ever do is sit down and learn a little bit of the language. And, and so it's really, really powerful. And I'll, I'll never forget, you know, I was doing a beta on a social-emotional learning curriculum uh, called Purpose with Daniel Bozinski. And, and we, were, uh, we were in Dominican Republic. We actually had the, the, the curriculum was translated into five different languages and we went and we did betas with uh, thousands, about 10,000 students around the world and just really wanting to help them grow in their social and emotional intelligence and also just kind of bringing this message of identity and Kingdom Break that was laced all through and it was really a tremendous experience. And, uh, and so uh, we were in a Dominican Republic and, and while we were there, we were speaking and doing these presentations with teachers and principals and training them on the curriculum as well as doing these great workshops with the kids and uh, grabbing kids out of class for two and three hours and, and just really being allowed uh, to uh, develop them and get them to experience personal growth. And, and so, you know, I know a little bit of Spanish and, and it was just amazing because here I am as an American coming into their nation. And uh, man, you know, you can talk about yourself, you can talk about your family and you can try to relate on those levels. But I tell you what, the moment that you begin to speak in the language of the people that you're wanting to care for, uh, something just began to awaken and our ability to be effective in our sessions as we begin to speak in Spanish. And so it was just absolutely amazing. And language is a barrier for connection. And it was so powerful because when the Holy Spirit showed up here and the book of Acts, isn't it so powerful that a question was created as they heard the sound of the wind? As they heard the moving of the Spirit, they begin to hear their language. Why is it significant that they heard their language? Well, because the Holy Spirit was wanting to break the barrier of disconnection. The Holy Spirit, when it shows up, it is able to be fully relatable to all people, to all nations, to all languages and in any given moment. And I, I, church, it's time for us to have a little bit of confidence that inside of the move of the Holy Spirit is the ability to connect and to relate at every level, with every tribe, with every creed, and with every race. Come on, somebody. I need someone to give me an amen in the comments right now. I said we need the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm not here to give you a nice little message. I'm not here to get you to memorize another little verse. I'm not here to get you kind of just whatever cheered up and make you feel good. No, you need to understand that we have been mobilized by the Holy Spirit with the ability of the Holy Spirit to connect and to relate with all people. Now, there's some of you who've disqualified yourselves. There's some of you have disqualified yourself uh, from being able to understand and relate with what's going on in the earth right now. You think that the color of your sin, of your skin, <laughs> your sin, the color of your skin disqualifies your ability to make connection. And there is there is a narrative in the earth that says that if you have a certain color of skin, that you're not able to relate. If you speak a certain language, you're not able to relate. If you make a certain amount of money, you can't relate. If you don't make a certain amount of money, you can't relate. Come on. There are all of these narratives, identity politics, meant for division that are telling us that you are disempowered from your ability to make a connection from one human to another. But I have something to tell you, church. (laughs) The Holy Spirit, when it shows up like a sound, the Holy Spirit, when it shows up with the wind, the Holy Spirit, when it really manifests in its purity and its form, all nations of the earth can relate. This is why it's so critical for us to be led by the Spirit of God in these times. You see, politics wants to pit people against each other Politics wants to separate people and and black and white and Republican and Democrat and and rich and poor. And there's all these narratives, men and women and uh, those who protest, those who don't protest, those who wear masks and those who don't wear masks, those who speak up and those who don't speak up. I mean, it's so I could there's so many examples because it's so obvious that there is a motivation of division in the earth. It's so obvious. And, and what's so important for us if we are aware of the division is that we rise above the second heaven conversation that's have that's happening and we jump into a third heaven perspective so that we can have impact on the first heaven here on the earth you know and, and so the the enemy comes to rule the he's the principality of the air and he comes to rule the airwaves and that's why you know the media had such a hard time. Uh, representing the interests of the kingdom of heaven oftentimes because it's ruled by the prince of the power of the air and so it doesn't mean that people are are demonized or evil. I'm not trying to say that but what I am trying to say is that it's easy to be deceived in the airwaves. the airwaves are a confrontation zone the airwaves are are a, a, an arena where the enemy wants to hold ground and so it's very easy for narratives to be magnified that are partnered with accusation. They're partnered with division. They're partnered with pitting people, us and them and, and whoever else. And so we have to crawl up into the eye of God and begin to see things from his perspective so that we can have his His vantage point and see things above the the, the narrative of division. And so isn't it interesting, they were all together in one place, they had a central passion and focus. And in that central passion and focus, a mighty rushing wind showed up that had a sound that then captured every nation under heaven. And they were amazed and perplexed and said, what does this mean? You know, I really believe that, you know, with um, George Floyd and the injustice of his murder, that there really was a sound that was released. And, and I think it's important for us as believers to understand political agendas and also understand justice. And I want to spend some time with you here right now, because we need real divine wisdom to understand the difference between two of these things and being able to, um, Understand how to get behind things that God is behind while not being discouraged because of political leverage. And so it is, you know, and so I'll just say this very quickly: is there political leverage in what's going on right now in the riots? Well, of course there are. Are, are is there political leverage in the looting? Well, of course there is. Is there political leverage in how things are communicated? And are there interests at stake here on both sides of the aisle? Well, of course there are. You, Of course there are. (laughs) We aren't foolish. We know there is leverage. Things are amplified. There are not all of the facts are being presented all of the time. But we also have to understand that while there is a situation being politicized, there is also a situation that had a human being who lost their life. And because they lost their life, that life was important to the Lord and we have to realize that when a life is lost for no reason that it grieves the heart of the father and so i know that there's there's a lot of reasons for us to be confused about what's going on there's a lot of reasons because of the the pressure to feel like you got to pick a side and and get on the right side of history and and all the things and and uh you know and there's so many different angles and people can they can empathize themselves into shaming people who, who don't represent their beliefs, or, or people can data themselves out of engaging what's going on and, and become passive in nature. And, and there's all these different perspectives we can take on. What we need to understand first and foremost is that a movement around the world has been catalyzed because somebody lost their life. And we need to realize that when someone loses their life, it grieves the heart of the Father murder is not the heart of the father. And so when there is real injustice, we have to realize that this is against God's heart. God is a God of justice. And so because of the political leverage, you know, whether you're a Republican and you sense the, 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 the liberal leverage or whether you're a Democrat and you sense the conservative leverage and and you see how people are trying to take the story of injustice and, 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 and really amplify it for their own good. That may be true. But believers, Gen 1 community, anybody watching right now, you are not limited to your national responsibilities. You are not limited to the party of choice. You are not limited. Come on, somebody. I said we are citizens of the kingdom of heaven. That is our first nationality, citizen of heaven, a.k.a. son or daughter of the living God. Come on, we gotta elevate ourselves above this position. We gotta elevate ourselves above the spirit of accusation. We gotta elevate ourselves by the spirit of God that we cannot pick sides, but that we can ascend into a heavenly perspective and call those who are in judgment, those who are in accusation, those who are in fear, those who are caught in political leverage, those who are in, uh, in, in weird identity politic narratives, we can call these people higher, that we can call these people higher into real justice, into the real heart of the Father that gets beyond political narrative and gets into the dignifying of humanity. Come on, I can't be more passionate about this. Come on, church, we have to understand our responsibility right now is not to be passive. If you're being passive right now, you're partnering with the wrong kingdom. But we also have to define what being active looks like. And being active right now doesn't look like just being an activist, all right? Just talking about the grievance is not gonna solve a problem. Come on, we actually gotta be effective. Which means we're gonna to have to accept some responsibility. And what we know is that justice will require responsibility to be taken. And so, therein is where it comes uncomfortable for us all because we have to begin to understand where is responsibility? Where is grievance? You know, lots of people are talking about the police and defunding the police and and or the over uh, militarization of the i think i said that right of the police and you know we have this conversation and people are camping in these ends and and you know and and, and we think that you know if we can just take care of the police issue then we've solved the problem well I, you know there's there is a need for us to address um our our show of force you know it's it's woven into war it's woven into Um, you know, law and order. It's woven into these things. And is show of force abused? Yes, it is. There are times where there's injustice with it. But it is also true that just dealing with a police issue, no matter how big or how small it is, that that is not actually going to fix the issue of the grievance of the community of, of, of blacks in America. And so the issues are that and a lot of other things, and they all need to be addressed if we're actually going to advance with effective solutions right now. Now, I know I'm st- I'm getting in hot water right now, you know, because <laughs> I'm a white man and have a, have a heavenly perspective right now. But you know what? I'm connected to the one who knows all things. And just because I understand that the challenge is vast doesn't disqualify me from also knowing That we gotta be aware of the one. We gotta be aware of the pain of our brother and sister in Christ. We gotta be aware of what we don't understand. And so, real wisdom is needed right now for us to understand how to be present with those who are weeping, how to mourn with those who mourn, how to dance with those who dance. And also be connected to the brilliance of heaven so that we can be part of the solution and not amplify the problem. If you're in identity politics, if you're trying to data yourself into disengaging, or if you're trying to activist your way into change and just yelling and screaming or looting and rioting, I tell you what, um, you have an incomplete perspective. Heaven has a perspective that is higher than these things. And what's exciting is that when the Holy Spirit shows up, it gets everyone's attention. (laughs) I tell you what, we need a move of the Holy Spirit right now. We need a move of the Holy Spirit that's going to dignify everyone who's been marginalized, every oppressed individual, every broken system, every broken situation. When the Holy Spirit shows up, it draws people in that they would experience the value of heaven on their lives and it is time that all would realize that they are valuable and that we would as people go out of our way to make sure that those who've been oppressed those who have grievance those who have experienced pain and felt devalued would begin to feel valued come on we we have a responsibility from heaven's perspective to make sure that as people experience heaven through us that it first and foremost affirms their value. This is the true this is the true reality of the kingdom. And so what happens in religion is that we become people, you know, who talk, who have form but don't have power. When do you not have power? Well, it's when you say one thing but either you do nothing or you do something that is opposite for that And so it's important for us to realize what it looks like to bring people into valuable experiences. You know, that's another polarizing thing. You know, conversation, people are saying, well, all lives matter. Well, black lives matter. And you can't say, and and all this conversation. And, And what's true is that there are people who have experienced a less valuable experience here in the U.S. over the color of their skin. And so when we say that, uh, blacks and America are valuable or that their lives matter. This isn't saying that other lives don't matter. It's saying that their lives and uh, their story of their lives and the experiences that they've had have been a less valuable experience than the lives of others around them, of which we can say is true. You know, I have many dear brothers and sisters And I say brothers and sisters, because these are people that have lived in my homes. These are people that that have literally called my parents' parents, and they have a different color of skin than me. And I have witnessed firsthand their stories, their experiences, the challenges that they had, and trying to walk out the full reality of freedom in their life. There are stupid people in the world who don't understand how that they devalue other people. And, and, and so there's a need for us to realize that, that there is a movement of value, there is a movement of dignity happening in the earth where people who have been treated as less than, that, that needs to change. And yet also we need to make sure that we're not caught up in the rhetoric and the political things that don't represent the heart of the Father. You can believe that black lives are valuable and not have to support political organizations. (laughs) And you can be effective at the same time. You can go out of your way for the one and not have to compromise your values by donating to an organization you don't believe in. Come on church, we gotta shake ourselves here and get out of this us and them and I'm powerless. Either I have to agree with everything or I can't agree with anything. That is the bait of Satan. Nothing is that simple. Nothing is that easy to be. Oh, well, I'm, I'm with this group and not with that group. That is the lie of the enemy. We have to realize that heaven is for all. We have to realize that God gave his son because he loved the world, which means when people don't feel loved, that they need us to come with the love of the, of the Father and demonstrate that love so they experience the value that's there. And so you can't actually say that all lives matter unless you're going out of your way to make sure that those who've been oppressed matter in the earth. Come on, somebody. I mean, this is real. You know, this is absolutely real. And so we can even understand that movements are even bigger than organizations. Another complexity we're dealing with right now. Let's say you don't agree with certain nonprofit organizations. You have a right to disagree with where they're putting their money and who's backing them, who their advisors are and what their bylaws are and all these things. But you can still believe in the movement that's happening right now. Why is that? Because the gospel is central on us identifying with the oppressed, the poor, the widow, the orphan. You can't have the gospel and not have these people be the primary focus of who should be receiving the outflow of the kingdom. And I tell you what, there is a need for us to shake off political structures, shake off our allegiances, shake off all the I'm with them and I'm with them and all these things. And it's time to make a stand for the kingdom of heaven that says, I'm going to stand for the poor. I'm going to stand for the oppressed. I'm going to stand for the blacks and blacks there in America have been held in, at, at a level of devalued over what my life has been. I'm going to stand with the poor. I'm going to stand with those who've had racist experiences against them. I'm going to stand. There's nothing wrong with that. Why are Christians having such a hard time in America feeling like they can get behind the oppressed right now? It blows my mind away. How can you have the message of the gospel in you, moving through you, and not have the oppressed as the beneficiary of the gospel? Come on, church, we got to shake this off. Is there political things going on? Yes. Who cares? Jesus is bigger than the political stuff. Be, come on, be wise as a serpent and gentle as a dove. We have to be wise at the times. Yes, we got to be wise to political things. Yes, we got to be wise to agendas. But you can't let that eliminate your love. It's important for us to realize that justice is to be done. That God commands justice to be done. It is central to the gospel and that injustice is sin. If there is injustice, it is the full heart of the father to bring justice. And so we got to be, we got to realize that there's, there's something happening. And I want to talk about this justice piece, you know, because, you know, we got to realize that heaven has a perspective on justice. I don't care about social justice. I don't care about restorative justice. I don't care about my justice and who's whatever. I care about heaven's justice because we are one with the one who knows all things. Which means we need a heavenly perspective on what's happening in the world. We can't just do justice according to what the world says. We can't just do justice according to what our party says or what our governor says or what our friend says, or what, we need justice according to the scripture. And so what we need to realize is that when you look up, you know, the word justice and you see the experiences of where God was doing justice, it was always a fierce motivation to wanna to separate things that were trying to get in the way of the love of God. And so, you know, um, and, and there, there's a real need for us to understand our responsibility to justice. And that is to remove anything that is trying to become a roadblock to the love of God. And so if there are roadblocks to the love of God, we should be passionate to want to address those roadblocks. Now, I've spent the last two years talking about a, a, a heavenly reformation come to the earth. That systems need to be reformed to look more like the kingdom of God. You know, we need reformation in our education system. We need reformation in our criminal justice system. We need reformation, you know, and, and these different spheres of influence like never before. And and really the, the cry of a generation right now is is really the, the cry of the need of reformation that I've been sharing for the last two years. That we we're here. We're on the precipice of, of reformation like we've never seen before. And so we have to understand our responsibility on how to love people and confront systems. You see, the challenge with the system is that a system oftentimes uh, is created out of efficiency. And so it's created out of efficiency and and, and the idea that um, that more people could have access to the benefits um, of, of a resource, of an opportunity, of a freedom, if you will. And so those institutions or those structures or those systems are good if they perform for all people and they become obsolete when they no longer perform for all people. And so there is a need to realize that when they begin performing for people is when they become an orphanage, when they no longer dignify people of value. You see, when fathers and mothers aren't present, institutions and structures want to take their place. And I tell you what, a system a, a structure, an institution, will never dignify anybody with value. Only a human can do that. Only the heart of the Father can do that. And so when we're talking about justice, we don't just need money slung at things. We don't just need you know political parties to get bigger budgets. We actually need humans with the heart of the father to go and to make a connection with other human beings and to bridge the gap of value so that we can restore their dignity and then put on our heart of reformation and say, what is broken in a system, in a structure? Where has an institution that was born out of a family motivation now become obsolete and address the need? We need wisdom in this time like never before to go after this. You know, right now there's, um, you know, Barna Group, which is a great data company uh, by Christians. And um, they're, you know, kind of the leading uh, data um, uh, research company. Uh, They do a lot of great analytics. And um, I don't have a lot of time today. Probably my next message, I'm going to be bringing a lot of data. But, you know, basically uh, they are presenting data right now that says that Christians are resistant to want to get behind uh, what's going on right now. And and, and and it's because they have created a conversation or a reality um, of out of what they believe are their own actions and saying, well, hey, I haven't experienced this or I don't see this in my daily life and I don't witness these experiences. So they must not be true. And it is mind blowing how disengaged Christians are right now to the to the story of grievance and injustice with our black brothers and sisters in america and 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 that's a problem that's a real problem but here's where the problem is at the problem is because christians have been dulled to the reality of justice and they're thinking of justice according to a cultural definition rather than seeing it from heaven's perspective and we need to make sure that we are doing justice According to heaven's perspective, not according to a political party's perspective, not according to a narrative's perspective. And I'm talking about both sides of the aisle. And so there's a real need for wisdom for us to engage what's going on here for us right now. And so, you know, there is an uncommon unity that's happening in the earth right now. And that uncommon unity was was really proliferated out of the murder of George Floyd. And out of this murder, before he passed away, and I'm sure you saw the video or you've seen the signs or you're aware, but this this man who was on his back and handcuffed behind his back, as he had a knee in his neck, began to declare that he couldn't breathe. And for eight minutes, and I believe it's 46 seconds, um, this man couldn't breathe and he passed away over a lack of breath. And and so, um, I can't breathe became this moniker that has really resonated around the world. And why did it resonate around the world? It's important for you to realize this. It has resonated around the world because for three months prior, the whole world was having to wear a mask. The whole world was being confronted by a sickness, a spirit, an evil spirit, that was trying to eliminate breath. It was attacking um, our, our lungs and our respiratory system. And so the whole world was feeling like they couldn't breathe. They were feeling the threat of their breath being taken away. Um, some were, people were just feeling the psychological breath, dealing with an increase of anxiety, feeling like they couldn't breathe, having panic attacks. And so why is it that George Floyd's declaration, I can't breathe? Why is it catalyzed a movement? Why now? I mean, we've seen other injustices on video before. We've heard stories before. We've and we've not, the world hasn't mobilized. Why are we mobilized right now? We're mobilized because the whole world could relate. Why are we mobilized right now? Because there is an uncommon unity, a shared passion to want to overcome lack of breath. And isn't it interesting that on May 31st, it was the celebration of the day of Pentecost. It was Acts chapter two. You guys, you can't make this stuff up. It was Acts chapter two. This is the weekend of the protest. The first protest came out that same weekend. This was Pentecost weekend. And there was a sound that, that came like a mighty rushing wind, I believe through the US, that has captured every nation under heaven. And they're asking this question, What is this thing? And so it's important for us to realize that God's trying to get our attention, that God's doing something right now that is bigger um, than than the the feelings and the political things and this organization. There's something way bigger. And if you stay looking at things from from a second heaven perspective, from an airwaves perspective, you will miss out on what God is doing right now. I shared at the beginning of the year that God was dropping a microphone into the earth and that this microphone was going to begin to amplify things and that this amplification was going to be available for anybody who would step up to the mic. And so there is a, a message of justice that is, that is rising up right now. And, and I also d- declared that 2020 would be a year of unprecedented justice. That actually the whole decade would be... 10 years of unprecedented justice that was gonna sweep through the earth and it was gonna expose corruption like we've never, unparalleled corruption was gonna be exposed. And it was in the Roar series. And if you go back January, the, the first three, uh, uh, the first four weeks, actually, I spent time specifically breaking these things down. Little did I know that it was gonna ramp up very, very quickly. And, and so there was, uh, a, and so there is a, an uncommon focus There is an uncommon unity happening right now. And but we have to be prepared to define this, though, according to how God sees it. And so the unity is justice. But the microphone that God has dropped into the earth, anyone can step up there and they can define what justice looks like. They can define what movement looks like. They can define what progress looks like. And we need the voice of the Lord to step up to the microphone so that. the the reality of heaven on earth can be seen in this time. And so there is a movement that's happening that we have to engage our heart on. We cannot afford to disengage right now because there is a, a common passion, a common focus. And so justice is fiercely removing anything that would stand in the way of the love of God. Of course, Matthew chapter five, six, and seven, I've spent time on that. and and the recent months, and it talks about that we can't just be people who say one thing and do another. All all three of those chapters there are about being able to say and to do, and it ends in Matthew chapter 7 and says that the wise person is like those who say and do, and they're like the person who would build their house upon a rock. We need to build on the rock right now, and the Bible says that God's throne has been established on righteousness and justice. I believe that, that that throne is on a rock. And that rock is built upon the wisdom of people being able to say and to do. To say and to do. And so, you know, Jesus brings the parallels of doing unto others. You have them do unto you in that passage. And he talks about, you know, um, when you were naked and to, to, to clothe them and, And where were you at, you know, when, you know, I was hungry and you didn't feed me and and I was alone and you weren't there with me. And he's talking about the fact that people, the aristocrats of the Pharisees and the high profile people, they were saying one thing and not doing it. And so Jesus was bringing this reality that there was injustice happening because the people who had great influence had a discrepancy in their life by not reaffirming with action the message that they were carrying. And church, we cannot afford to be double-minded. The Bible says that the um, that, uh, the uh, to be double-minded is to be unstable, and that the double-minded man is unstable in all of their ways. And so this is not a time to be double-minded, this is the time to realize that if you carry the power of the gospel that it is meant for the naked, it's made it's made for the hungry, it's made for the diseased, it's made for the marginalized, it's made for the oppressed. It was made Jesus came to set the captives free. We if you're not setting captives free from the gospel, you're missing out on the reality of the gospel. This is our divine opportunity. I believe there's an awakening of justice And what if God's wanting to to move right now on the earth? And what if it looks different than what you thought it was gonna look like? All these people talking about a revival coming, vision 2020, revivals coming, revivals coming, billion soul harvest, you know? And uh, and what's true is that whenever God moves, he always moves in a different way than what he did previously. And, you know, we've had repentance revivals. We've had miracle revivals. We've had, you know, mysterious, wonder-filled, Revivals and counter revivals. We've had revivals on the goodness of God. We've had all kinds of different types of revivals, and and I really believe that God's wanting to get our attention right now because I believe He's about to move in a unique way like we've never seen before. And this movement of justice is critical. I believe it's a part of the awakening that God is wanting to bring into the earth, and we have to be a part of that. Of course, we're going to set the captives free, as I said, and uh, and, and so. Uh, We need to bear the fruit of the kingdom. This is a powerful choice for us to make. And so we need to, in our our understanding of uncommon unity, I believe we need to realize that powerful things are possible when we gather with a focus and with a passion. And I tell you what, I'm passionate to want to see the captives get set free. I'm passionate to want to see the oppressed. Come on, I want to see them go in freedom. I want to see the hungry fed. I want to see the widow taken care of. I want to see the orphan adopted. I want to see all people of the earth know and and have it reaffirmed that they are valuable. This is our divine opportunity, church. This is our chance to really step in. And, Gen 1 community, we have a choice to make about what we as a church community are going to step into. How are we going to step into the goodness of God right now? What does it look like to rally around hunger? What does it look like to rally around growth? What does it look like to rally around impact or justice, if you will? And so I really believe this is a powerful time. I want to pray for you right now. Father, I thank you right now for great courage. Father, I thank you for amazing courage right now to be able to engage our hearts. That, Lord, we would not politicize ourselves out of responsibility. The Lord, we would not data ourselves out of responsibility. That, Lord, we would not emotional outrage ourselves out of being connected with your peace. That, Lord, we would not, Father, be over leveraged by narratives, but that, God, we would engage by your spirit. That all nations under heaven would be able to relate and understand what it is that you're speaking and what it is that you're doing. Father, I thank you right now for the move of your spirit. Father, I thank you for the awakening right now in our hearts. God, let us be sober-minded. Let us be focused. Let our passions be ignited. That we would see things as you see them and be engaged to want to go meet the need of our brother. That we would mourn with those who mourn. That we would dance with those who dance. That we would cry with those who cry. That we would sing with those who sing. This is our finest hour to rise up and to be a blessing to the earth. So, Father, I ask that your peace would come. Let your comforter come. That, Lord, we would, Father, get untricked. Lord, there is nothing good that's going to happen from fear vomiting, from frustration vomiting, from doing all these vomiting on our keyboards. Diarrhea of the mouth, oversharing, over all these things, Father, there is there is a peace that we need to connect with where our stability is you and, and for us to have a confidence that, Lord, you're moving in the midst of instability and that, God, your justice is moving through the earth. Lord, I thank you um, for the ability to set us up as leaders and to give us the courage to step up to the microphone and to share heaven's perspective right now, that we would see justice where there is injustice like never before. Father, we give ourselves to the process and that we say yes to your Holy Spirit on the earth, leading us right now like we've never seen before in Jesus' mighty name, amen. Come on, Gen 1 community, let's get out there this week. Let's represent um, those who are in pain. Let's let empathy lead us. And then let's let wisdom show us what actions to take, that we can truly represent justice, removing any obstacle that would wanna get in the way of the love of God being experienced by all people. Come on, this is our finest hour. This is our opportunity, and uh, I'm excited about it. You know, In this series, we're gonna spend time on hunger. We're gonna do a whole session on hunger and how to have passion towards hunger. We're gonna talk about what it means to have passion towards growth. What does it mean to have passion towards impact? These are three central areas. These are uncommon areas where we as a community, we as a family have come together and we're going to see our greatest connection where we can belong, where we can be known, where we can be strengthened. I love you, Gen 1. You guys are amazing. We have a tremendous panel we've scheduled for this. Um, June 27th, that service is going to be amazing. I have tremendous voices uh, that are going to be on. Um, You're going to want to, uh, this Thursday afternoon at 4 p.m., I'd encourage all of you to join my Facebook page. Um, I have a tremendous um, expert on restorative justice uh, who has a kingdom perspective on justice within this philosophy that's bringing a lot of transformation. And uh, make sure you put that on your calendar. That's Thursday at 4 p.m. And uh, I have a dear friend named Jackie Durant who's working in, the, in criminal justice reform. Um, she's a brilliant kingdom innovator uh, who uh, who has just uh, tremendous thoughts on the kingdom of God and what it means to bring reconciliation and restoration in this time. Um, if you're not familiar with restorative justice, it actually is a philosophy about how to bring victims and uh, and, uh, and and those who've done odd against people together for reconciliation. Uh, it's really a path to bring uh, a, a socially and emotionally intelligent uh, conversation to pain uh, that we can really overcome. I think it's gonna be critical. Uh, in this time to understand what this is because it's getting woven into society and we need a kingdom perspective on it. So join me on, on Thursday at 4 p.m. for that. Of course, we got Healing Rooms Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. Matt Gonzalez is going to do a little stirring up, do some ministry. Our teams will be there, and it's going to be amazing. So what an awesome week ahead of us. God bless you guys. Share this broadcast out. People need to hear this. Pastors need to hear this. People need to grab hold of this message uh, this isn't a popular message, but this is the message of the gospel, and it needs to be shared right now. So share it out, and uh, so proud of you guys! Thanks for being the hands and feet of Jesus. I will talk to you soon. Bye bye. See you next week.